0: All right, good morning. My name is Norbert. I'm pastor of Point of Grace Church. If this is your first time, I'd like to welcome you. Uh, we always say to ourselves that we are a small church with a big heart, and so I pray that you will experience this today as you worship with us. Um, I hope you have your bulletins with you. Um, at the back of the bulletin, we have all the uh, advertisements for Facebook, of our Facebook page. Um, where you could give if you wanna give our announcements. And then we have the schedule for ISG. ISG is our iron sharpening group. We do, uh, on the weekdays, every night we do Bible study so that we can sharpen each other uh, about being so deep in the word of God. That's what we do. And then in the middle of, if you open your bulletins, in the middle, you will find um, the passage for today. It's in Revelation chapters two and three. And there's a little little bit bit of tip tip about how to to read read this. And then there's there's the study study guide if you want to read this personally or you you want want to study study this this personally. Uh, We We provide provide this for you so so that uh, I pray pray that that this will greatly benefit your spiritual life and how you grow in the Lord. Let me start by asking you uh, sort of a serious, not-so-serious question. Have you ever wondered what makes a joke funny? Now, I I know that there's a science to jokes that makes it funny, but I know, or what I know is that if you didn't didn't get it, it's not funny. You've got to get it. Now, there are words and phrases and connections and allusions that if you don't get the context of the joke, it's not a joke because, you know, it's hard to get that. Let me give you an example. These are Bible jokes, so this should be easy. First question, who was the smartest man in the Bible? Cool. Now, the answer is Abraham, because he knew a lot. Uh, For those who don't know, Lot is the nephew of Abraham. See? Kind of a cordy joke. Second question. Who was the greatest comedian in the Bible? Remember, this is a joke. Answers, Samson. He brought the house down. Now, in the Old Testament, Samson did a suicide by breaking the pillars that killed the entire Philistines, including himself. He brought the house house down, literally. Okay, this one will be a little bit uh, funny. When is the first math homework problem mentioned in the Bible? Sirit. Answer, when God told Adam and Eve to go forth and multiply. Even if you're not a Christian, you should know this. Adam and Eve, go forth and multiply. All right, a little bit funny. Um, And this would be the last. How do we know that Adam was a Baptist?
1: All right, answer. Because only a Baptist could stand next to a naked woman and be tempted by a piece of
0: fruit. Now that sounds funny to me. Now, my My point point is is that that the only way we can can appreciate jokes is if we know the context, context, if we can relate to that. that. Reading Reading the Bible uh, in general general, and reading the book of Revelation in particular particular, is like like, reading reading a a joke. You have to watch watch for the punchline, but but you have have to to connect connect, because if there's there's no connection, connection, we we won't be able to understand understand this. this. It's It's like it's like uh, watching a sequel. If you go to the last sequel, say, for example, the last um, installation of James Bond, if you go there, you might probably follow the storyline, but there are, you know, conversations and allusions that will hark back to the first James Bond, because there are sequels to that. So the book of the Bible is 66 books of the Bible. The book of Revelation is the 66th. unless you you read read the first first couple couple of books before before that, you you won't be able to get get the joke in the the book Book of Revelation. Revelation. Now, the book of Revelation Revelation was written written during during the time when the the churches, churches, the the Christians, Christians were being persecuted by by the the Roman Empire. Empire. The The Roman Empire demands worship worship, worship, and the the churches will either resist or or they will compromise. Some Christians would resist. They will not worship the emperor and they will be persecuted. So in general, during the 90 AD, Domitian was the emperor. They, the churches, were heavily persecuted because of not worshipping the emperor. John was, in fact, exiled in an island at Papmos. It's a small island, about 13 square miles. It's just uh, a size of the southwest ranches, south of uh, Western area, that, that small island. So he was brought to the island, he was sentenced to life in a solitary confinement because the emperor, emperor wants to silence his witness. The emperor doesn't want him to encourage the churches. If this John is one of the disciples of Jesus, he has a figure, he has a following, and the emperor put him there for a reason. Now, what, what funny, what's funny about this, I think, is that as much as the emperor wants him silenced, it was of all people God chose John Give him visions, give him the message to reach out to the churches. He who was imprisoned were used by God to reach out to the churches. Now, there are seven churches that are mentioned in the book of Revelation. All the churches were mentioned that is in Asia. This is not Southeast Asia, not Vietnam or Thailand or Philippines. It's in the west part of Asia, now Turkey. All the seven churches were there. And the question is, why seven churches? Now, think about symbolisms. Um, there's, there's a, legend a legend about Rome that, that it was founded by uh, Remus and Romulus, both sons of Mars. Mars is a Roman god, and, god, and they, they founded Rome on a Palatine hill, consists, consisted of, of, seven of seven hills. hills. So, so John was writing sort of a parody. He was, he was writing, writing to the, the seven churches in it contrast to the seven hills that is represented by Rome. Rome. So it's now the kingdom of Rome and the kingdom of God. That's why John was writing to the seven churches in Asia. Let me read to you a couple of verses before that. Revelation chapter 2, 1 to 7. It says, to the angel of the church in Ephesus write, the words of him, by him we mean Jesus, who holds seven stars in his right hand. Seven stars are seven angels. who walks among the seven golden lampstands, seven golden lampstands in chapter one of the churches. He said, I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my namesake, and you have not grown weary. All good so far. But then in verse four, he said, but I have this against you. You have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, and this is a big, if not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Yet this you have, you hate the works of Nicolaitanus, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear, what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat the tree of life which is in the paradise of God. Kind of dense if you read this. Let me explain to you. Let me unpack this for you. There are words and phrases we just read, and it forms an image of someone who was walking among the lampstand. Let me show you what the lampstand looks like. It says the golden lampstand. Do we have it? Uh, The golden lampstand is the menorah. It's not like the average lampstand that you have at home. This menorah has seven stems where... The priest would light in each stem. This is only found inside the temple or the tabernacle. So when Jesus was saying the represent is represented by lampstand, he was talking about the menorah. And when this son of man was walking among the seven lampstand, you have an image of a priest going inside the temple or the tabernacle. And Jesus was that priest going inside the temple and the tabernacle, walking among the churches. So what 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 this gives us is a vision of what what the church looks looks like. The church is exposed. It's it's not not inside inside the the tabernacle. It's not inside the temple. temple. It is exposed to the the world world, lighting the Roman Roman Empire, empire, giving or illuminating the darkness of the world. Paul said the God of this world has blinded the eyes of men. The world is dark. It's chaotic. It's randomly evil. There's corruption everywhere. But the churches the lampstand, we're We're supposed supposed to illuminate. That's That's what what he's trying trying to say. The lampstand lampstand was designed to illumine the temple. Jesus was that son of man walking among the seven lamps. And this is very important because at the very end of the sermon, we will mention this again. What this means is that we, the, we the churches, churches, represented by the lamp sun, should be illuminating the world. We are supposed to be giving our witness to Jesus Christ. The world should know that you're a Christian. If the world does not know that you're a Christian, then there's a problem there. There's a disconnect. They will not get the joke. The only time they will get the joke is if they know they can connect with you. So when Jesus said, I know your toil to the church of Ephesus, I know your patient endurance, I know your false apostles, He was kind of affirming them of what they're doing that's right. So he said in verse 4, But I have this against you. You have abandoned the love you had at first. Now, this is not your average first love love at first sight. No, not this one. This is not you're in love before. Now you're not in love anymore. No, not this one. This first love was something to do with their witness. That means before they were so zealous about their witness sharing their journeys of faith to their neighbors, their friends. And suddenly, they're not speaking about it anymore. They have abandoned their first love to share their witness about Jesus Christ. This is like um, you visiting the doctor for your annual physical exam. And the doctor would check his checklist. And he would like say, all right, uh, blood pressure, your endurance, check, healthy, Your blood, your 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 white blood cell, cell, your red blood cell, cell. your your doctrine doctrine is healthy. healthy. Uh, What about your, your witness, your exercise? No, you're not exercising. There's a problem there. You're healthy, but you're not exercising because you don't have witness anymore. That means the church of Ephesus are not reaching out to the community anymore. The church of Ephesus has lost their zeal to share their faith in public. Let me help you with this one. I don't want to guilt guilt trip trip anyone, anyone, but but anyone share their faith sometime this week week to anyone? anyone? Any stranger? Cool. Thank Thank you. Good. That's That's good. good. What about us? Okay, let me give you a quick tip. tip. How How do you do do that? Maybe Maybe you're you're busy, busy, I know. uh, Uh, um, Your 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 schedules schedules are packed, or you're not meeting strangers, you're not meeting someone other than your friends, but, you know, when you're relaxing, you're on a break, when you're doing your... We're sitting sitting on the the throne doing your your business, job job number two, okay? Take out your phone, go to Facebook, go to Point Point of Grace Church page. Like it or or love it it, and and then share share it it to your Facebook Facebook personal page. page. Even if if you cannot speak out, out, let your digital Facebook page speak speak out so so that that when when the people connected connected to your Facebook Facebook sees your your post, post, they know that you have a witness. Is that good or not? That's simple. I think we have to take take advantage advantage of technology. technology. He he said said in in verse 7, He who has an an ear, ear, let him hear what the Spirit Spirit says to the churches. It's like saying, saying, if you you heard this, looking at the mirror, mirror, you know, do do something something about it. If you see something something in your face, face, do something something about it. it. But But he he said, to the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Now, again, this is dense, but this gives us an image going back to Genesis 1, 2, and 3, the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden has two trees in there. One is the forbidden tree. You know that, right? Atis. Yes? No. I don't know. And there's another tree, the tree of life. So when Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden tree, the fruit, they were barred. They were driven out from the Garden of Eden. Why? It is because because if they they come come back and access access the tree tree of life, they will be able able to to eat the antidote antidote to death. death. God said, the the moment 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 you eat, eat, you're going to die. The The clock started. They They are on the path of death. But if they go back and eat from the tree of life, it's an antidote. You remember Snow White? Anyone Snow White? Yes, you have kids. You know Snow White. The moment she ate of the poisonous apple, she died. comatose. She was lying lying down. And the The antidote antidote is the the kiss kiss of the the prince. prince. It's the the same same story. Same idea. Adam Adam and Eve were barred from the Garden of Eden so that they could have access to the tree of life. What Jesus is saying is that if you hold on to your faith, to the church at Ephesus, you will be given an access back to the Garden of Eden and be able to eat of the tree of life. It's It's not not so so much much of eating of the fruit of the tree of life, but given an access to the the presence of God. You will be reunited with the presence of God. This is awesome to me because it talks about so much about about the Old Testament. Testament. Now, verse 5, it says, If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Now, I must remind you, church, that our job is the witness for the world. The only reason why you're still here is because of your witness for the world. If we are not functioning as a lampstand, God will take away, Jesus will take away the lampstand. Look at this, think about this. If you have a busted bulb in your house, will you replace it or will you not? We'll just look at it and hope that someday it will run again. No, you're not, you're gonna replace it. You're gonna put something there that's new. So So Jesus Jesus is saying the same same thing. If your your lamp lamp is busted and you're you're not not witnessing, witnessing, I'm going to replace you. you. I'm going to take away the lampstand. I'm I'm going to put put something there. I suspect suspect the reason reason why why you're still here, we are still here, is because God is not done with us yet. Amen? God has a purpose for our lives, individual lives. The reason why you're still here, there's so many people who passed away because of COVID. There are people who die every day because of accidents. Some people just, you know, healthy, suddenly heart attack. Why? I have no other reason, but the reason why we're still here from this verse is that God must have a reason for our existence. If we are not functioning anymore as a church, there's no more witness to our lives. We are not doing our purpose. God will take away our lampstand. That's what this is being said. Remember in chapter one, God, Jesus said, I hold to the keys to the kingdom of death and Hades. He determines who lives and who dies. The reason why we're still here is because God has a purpose for our lives still. And I'm saying that if we are still preoccupied with earning more, saving up for the rainy day, excited to travel again, more than doing what we're supposed to do, then think again. Purpose. Chapter 2, verses 8 to 10, another church. He said, To the angel of the church it's Myrna, the words of the first and the last who died and came to life. Now, there's only one who came to life and died, just Jesus Christ. He said, I know your tribulation. This is a very scary word for some. Every time you hear the word tribulation, there will be chaos, there will be killings, rampant, random killings and all that. I know your tribulation at this time because they were being persecuted. Of your poverty, but you are not, but you are rich. And the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue, synagogue of, of Satan. Satan. Now, hang on. So, so you know, the, the churches, churches are, mixed are mixed of Gentiles of and, Jews, and Jews, but at, at that, that time, there are, the Jews are tolerated, tolerated by the Roman Empire. Empire. They're, They're not, not being persecuted because they pay taxes to Caesar. Caesar. The Christians, they choose not to worship Caesar. And sometimes their resistance is even greater than the Jews, so they are persecuted directly. And their Jewish neighbors would snitch on them the Jewish neighbors would say, this, my neighbor is a Christian, arrest him. And so, and so Jesus saying, do not worry about that. I'll take care of that. He said in verse 10, do not fear
1: what you are about to suffer.
0: Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you in prison that you may be tested. And for 10 days, you will have tribulation.
1: Be faithful unto death, and
0: I will give you the crown of life. A while ago, eat from the tree of life. Now is the crown of life. Now, let's make make it it easy. easy. The The church's mere knife, knife, this is an annual physical exam. exam It's doing okay. They're healthy. They're they're perfectly fine. fine. To the The point point that that they're fine, that Jesus is saying, you're you're fine and you're healthy. healthy, I'm going to give you a test. Some Some of you will be thrown in prison. And the Bible said that God does not throw them in prison. It's Satan who will throw them in prison. They're so healthy that Jesus has decided to put them under a test, a tribulation. Now, this is my beef about this one. Here in the United States, our understanding of what uh, an ideal Christian life is healthy, wealthy, and comfortable. See, that is not the gospel, that is the American dream to be wealthy, healthy, and comfortable. When you read the Bible and you say, What should be my Christian life? when I pray for blessing. What should I expect expect from God? God. Healthy, wealthy, Wealthy, and comfortable. That's that's not the gospel. That is not the promises promises of God. God. That is the the American dream. All right, right, there's this book. It became a bestseller and now still a popular popular book written by by a pastor pastor in in Texas, Houston. Houston. It's It's entitled Your Your Best Best Life Now, Seven Steps to Living Your Full Potential. And it It seems seems like like this book is saying that the ideal Christian life is a life that is healthy, wealthy, and comfortable. But I'm here to say say that that is not not what 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 an an ideal Christian life should should look like. That is not not the gospel. gospel. When When we we say say to each each other, God is is good all the time and we are blessed, what do we really mean by that? What what I think we mean is that I'm healthy, I'm I'm wealthy, wealthy, not really wealthy, 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 but I'm okay, and I'm comfortable. That's what we mean. When we say God answers prayer, it, it means... That God has answered my needs. That's why God is, is good all the time, because He answers my needs. But then you read Matthew chapter five, and it begins to define what blessed means, it will say, Blessed is the poor, blessed is the hungry, blessed are the unpopular, blessed are the victims of injustice, blessed are the merciful and peacemakers, but they are persecuted. It is that God is good all the time. It's that God answers all our prayers. This is not the average blessing that we have in mind. Can you imagine the church in Smyrna and Jesus telling them that I will, Satan will put you in prison, and there's a huge possibility that you will not survive in prison. That if you pray in prison, rescue will not come. And still, you can say to each other, God is good all the time. Can you imagine this? So So, say, for example, example, we are Church of Smyrna. We're we're thrown in prison. prison. We are are blooded, everyone. everyone. And then we say to each other, Eric, God God is is good good all the time. time. (laughs) We are in prison prison and we say, God God is good all the time. Why? Because Because God God is good good all the time. It's not dependent on your circumstances. God is good all the time. Is God is good all the time regardless of whether you're in prison or not in prison, whether you're healthy or sick. God's still good all the time. His goodness never changes. Would you say amen to that? Are we we still friends? I'm I'm just checking. checking. I'm I'm just just checking. checking. Because Because this is really hard hard to understand. Jesus Jesus is giving them a warning. You're You're going to be be thrown in prison prison for my sake, for my my name. name. You You will will be persecuted persecuted for my sake, for my name. name. But But be faithful unto death. Well, that means, some of their loved ones will be thrown in prison. Some of their fathers, their wives, their sons and daughters And when when their their sons and daughters are in prison and and dying in prison, they will pray for rescue and there will be no rescue. rescue. And And yet, God is saying, be faithful unto death. Because I am still faithful and good even though these things are happening to you. That's tough. I would understand if you're not going to be here next Sunday. But this is what Revelation is saying. Verse 10, it says, Do not fear for what you are about to suffer, Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you in prison that you may be tested for 10 days and you will have tribulation. Now, why 10 days? Why tribulation in 10 days? Now, again, there's a story in the Old Testament about Daniel and his friends. Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego, you remember that? They were in Babylon. And the king is, is forcing them to eat food sacrificed to idols. But Daniel knew that they cannot eat pork. They cannot eat the, those sacrificed to idols. So, Brothers and sisters, this is a tribulation without rescue. This is a prayer that will be left unanswered. This is a sickness that will result in death. This whole story will end abruptly. But the reward is priceless the crown of life. Are we still friends? Yes. Just checking. Third church Pergamum. It's kind of interesting. He said in verse 13 and 14, I know where you dwell, the Pergamum, where Satan's throne is. It's kind of scary to live in a city where Satan's throne is. Yet you hold fast my name. You did not deny my faith even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness. Apparently, there's an Antipas, a brother in the Lord, who died while he was being persecuted. And the church of Pergamum held on to faith. But he said... Uh, but But I have a few few things things against against you just like the church in Pergamum. You have have some there who hold to the teaching of Balaam who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel so that they may eat food sacrificed to idols and practice sexual immorality. Now what's this? Now in the Pergamum city, you will find the biggest temple of Zeus. Anyone who knows Zeus? When the price is high, it's Zeus. (laughs) Zeus is a a Greek god... So So you will will find there the biggest biggest temple temple of Zeus. You will will also also find find there the temple of Asclepius. This This city has pioneered the worship of Caesar. Caesar. Now, by the way, who's Asclepius? Asclepius? not sure if we 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 have the 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 image image in there. there. Asclepius Asclepius was the son of Apollo. Apollo is another another Greek god, which means Asclepius Asclepius is a demigod, part human, part God. According to the myth, when he grew up, he learned how to heal people. This is where you find doctors, they have the emblem in their names, name tags, with the snakes and the staff, Asclepius. When he grew up, he learned how to heal. He was so good at it that he was able to raise people from the dead. It's a myth. It's not true, of course. But Zeus was so enraged because he was disrupting the natural order of things. So he killed Asclepius with a thunderbolt. I can only imagine why this is called the city where Satan's throne is found. Now, there are multiple cities in this, multiple temples in the cities, which means the city is very idolatrous. The church of Pergamum involves some members of the church who teach false doctrines that it's okay to compromise, that it's okay to eat food sacrificed to idols and practice sexual immorality. Now, another church, that has the same problem, is the church of Thyatira. They have another false teacher by the name of Jezebel. Both Balaam and Jezebel were found in the Old Testament. Now, Balaam is a wicked w- wizard. Jezebel was a wicked queen. Just so you know, please do not name your children Jezebel or Balaam. Bad day, okay? Both have bad reputation. But they were taken as a representation of false teachers in here because they were teaching Christians to compromise. Now, what's interesting is that Apostle Paul already mentioned about this and settled this issue about food sacrifice to idols in Corinthians. He wrote to the church at Corinthians that if you get invited, if you, part of this group, get invited by a friend that you cannot refuse, you go into the temple of Zeus or temple of Diana or temple of Asclepius, and you, you eat and you eat, drink and, and you, you practice sexual, sexual immorality, immorality because of the, the temple, temple, this is very interesting, we do not have that right, right now. Here in the, the church, what, what we do is, is we sing, sing we, clap we clap our hands, we raise our hands, we, we pray. pray. That's what, that's what we, we do, do this is we listen to the sermon. The worship, of you, know, the in worship of, of, you know, the idols in here involves eating, heavy, heavy drinking, as in heavy drinking, and sexual orgies. So that's different. So, so if you're, you're a Christian, you get invited, get invited in the temple, temple you, you eat, you drink eat, heavily, and you, and you, you, you know, have, have a coitus, coitus relationship with the temple, temple prostitutes. prostitutes. And, and then on, on the, the weekend, you go to church and, and you participate, participate in the, in the Lord's supper. supper. Paul is saying, it's, it's a no, no. You are compromising, compromising your, your faith. faith. That's, That's what, what Paul, Paul is saying here. You he cannot do that. that. Now, so the churches at Pergamum and Thyatira have to make a stand. They have to resist the false teachers. Let me move on to the church in Sardis. Revelation 3, 1-3. Jesus said, I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Ouch. Has anyone told you that you look so alive, but you look so lifeless too? No? Good thing. Now, the church of Sardis, not Sardines, the church of Sardis are alive, but they are really dead. Dead as in comatose. Dead. Not moving. Dead which means they have a reputation for being lifeless. What this means is that the church in Sardis is like the church in Ephesus. They have lost their witness. The community knows they're there. The community knows who they are, but the community doesn't know why they are there in the first place. That means they show up on Sunday and then they disappear on weekdays. I mean, where are the churches here? here? What are the Christians here? I don't know. That, that means, means they, they do not represent, represent Jesus, Jesus anymore. anymore. And to, to them, it was a choice. Oh, why is that? Why, is that? why is, that is that happening? Because they are intimidated. They, they wanted to be, be anonymous. anonymous. Why? Because, because if they, they speak up, up their faith, faith, if they, they witness, witness if, if they say, say I'm a Christian, the Roman government eyes will be on them and they will be persecuted. They don't want that. Okay? Okay. They have have business business dealings, dealings. they don't don't want interrupted. They They have jobs, they don't don't want interrupted. They don't don't want want their lives to be interrupted by the Roman government, forcing them to worship the emperor. emperor. That's That's why why they keep keep quiet. quiet. They They want want to stay stay anonymous. anonymous. You know, I'm I'm looking looking at the church church right 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 now, now, and I I see see the same in comparison comparison our our church right now. now. And this, this makes, makes me wonder if, if the Black Lives, Lives Matter movement, if the LGBT community, if the Antifa, Antifa if the other far-left groups can speak their minds and opinions on social media, why can't we? Why are we so intimidated? I mean, this is a country that our rights are protected. Why are we so intimidated? If you cannot say in public, please put it on Facebook. Put it on Instagram. Put it on Twitter. They, they can, can bash you all you they want, want, but they cannot hurt you. Yes? yes. No, what, what's, what's Twitter, Pastor? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right, Revelation, Revelation chapter 3. three. He, he said, said, remember then what you what have you received, received and heard, keep it and, it, and repent. If, if you will you not, not wake up, up, I will come like, like, a, thief, like a thief, and you will not know at what, what hour I will come, come against you. The warning is is very stern, but the reward is priceless. He will will come like a thief. In verse 5, he said, The one who conquers will be clothed, thus in white garments, and I will never blot out his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. That means at the very end of the age, if we hold on to our faith like the church here, Jesus is saying that he will recognize us in front of the Father, in the presence of God. See, this is giving me a choice. I would rather be canceled here on earth among the people that I don't know and who don't care about me than in the presence of God. Church in Philadelphia. Jesus said something very different here. Now, the church in Smyrna, you remember, Jesus said, you will be put in prison. You will be persecuted. What's interesting interesting is, in church in Philadelphia, Jesus said differently. He said in verse 10, Because you have kept my word about the patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that's coming on the whole world to try to those who dwell on the earth. Why is that? Why is it that the church of Smyrna will be persecuted and the church of Philadelphia will be spared from persecution? Now, the Bible did not explain Who would like like to be in the the Church Church of Philadelphia? Philadelphia. I I myself want to be be there. I don't don't want to be with the Church of Smyrna. I don't don't want want to be persecuted. persecuted. God God never explained explained the reason reason why. why. But But he he said, said, I will will keep from the hour of trial that's coming on the whole world. world. Does Does that mean that God loves us differently? Does that mean that God loves us not equally? No. The love of God is the same for all of us. The love of Jesus is equal to all of us. I remember 20 years ago, I was studying in the seminary um, in Valenzuela City, Carahatan. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's part of the country in Metro Manila that when it rains, it pours. After one or two hours, the streets become a river. (laughs) So I remember that night from BBB all the way to Carahatan, I was wading myself in a chest deep water you know, you know, with, with all the, the plastics and the garbage, garbage, everything in there. 9 p.m., I was, I was going, going to the, the seminary, seminary because, because that's where that's I, where I, I live. live. And I was, I was asking, asking myself, what am I, I doing do? here? I was wading in the water, and I was crying almost. I was thinking, why am I suffering while I know another Christian riding his own car and living comfortably? And I am, I have devoted myself to serve the Lord. I'm in the seminary. Why is that happening? I was, you know, I was was having having self-pity at that time. time. I was was asking asking the same thing the church Church of Smyrna would probably be asking about the church of Philadelphia. Why Why are we we suffering in the church It's It's just just a couple couple of miles miles away away from from them will be spared from the hour of trial? Remember this, this letter, the book of Revelation, will be read to all the seven churches so they know what's happening around. And you may be doing the same thing. You may be saying, why am I, I having this, this problem, problem and my, my brother, brother here is not? Why am I, I sick, sick and she's not? Why am I going through this trouble and, and they, they are, are happy on vacation? You see, it's we cannot compare, to compare our, lives. our lives. We are on a spiritual journey. We're on different paths. God is, is dealing with us differently. That's why. And there's no explanation why you have what you have. But I'm going to say this. It's, it's not about, about what you, you did or what, what you, you did, did not, not do. It's about God's design for your life. And I'm very sure that you have this because you are fit to do this. And you can say, no, Pastor, I'm not fit to do this. I'm not ready for tribulation. Well, God knows your capability.
1: And apparently for the church in Philadelphia,
0: Jesus saying, I'm going to keep you from the hour of trial. He said in verse 11, though, he said, I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Hold on. Apparently, from the first church up to the time here in Philadelphia, he's saying the same thing. Hold on. You know, be still. Keep on doing what you're doing. To The church in Laodicea, this is the last church. Kind of fast in here. Verses 15. He said, I know your deeds, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. And you say, I'm rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I have an image in my head, a homeless person. The church in this year is saying we are well-off, we are economically okay, but in the mind of God, they are homeless, blind, poor, naked, pitiful. If you look at the map, there are two other cities beside the city of Laodicea. One is Herapolis, second is uh, Colossae. The city of Herapolis boasts for their hot springs. People go there to get rid of their sickness, to have some sort of uh, refreshment. Hot springs. The city of Colossae boasts for their cold springs. They have the best springs, like, like the one we drink here in, in Florida. Except for hills, maybe. Okay? So So what they do, do, because the the church in Laodicea doesn't have a water water source, source. they would would build build pipes that will go from from one one end to other. The 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 problem problem is is, the the pipes pipes get get dirty, dirty, became putrid. So when the water travels from Herapolis or Colossae, it became putrid and dirty and lukewarm. And when it gets to Laodicea, it's not drinkable anymore. That's why, That's why Jesus said here, I'm going to spit you out. You're not fit for drinking. It's not, not because they lost, they lost, lost their zeal, zeal their, their love for God. It's because, again, again they've lost, lost their witness. Their They're not flavorful anymore. Remember Jesus saying, you are the, the salt, salt and the light of the world. world. A, salt a salt is meant to be salty. To be if your salt, salt is not, not salty, salt. there's, there's a problem there. Problem there. It must, must be talcum powder. It's and that salt. salt. You, you throw, throw it away. It, don't, don't eat it. We're, we're supposed, supposed to be, be salt, salty, flavorful. If, if we're, we're not providing, providing that taste anymore, anymore then there's, there's no purpose for us. If, if we, we are, are saying, saying, God Jesus, God Jesus saying, is saying, we are a lampstand, and we are busted, and Jesus, and Jesus will replace, Jesus will replace this will us. Is this is the same message to the church of Laodicea. So they too, like Ephesus, have lost their witness. And what, and what I find ironic, ironic is this, is, is that, that they are, are having the identity crisis. They, they don't know who they are anymore. They're neither hot nor cold. This is a church that is economically rich. They are living a comfortable life, but they have become too busy building their portfolio. They've become too busy earning money, having two jobs, buying a car, going vacation every now and then that they forgot who they are in the first place. They are Christians. That is the priority. The priority is the kingdom of God. And they have forgotten about it. Nevertheless, what I think it's beautiful here is that Jesus never gives up on them. They may have lost their identity, but Jesus never gives up on them. Look at verse 19. It says, Those whom I love, I rebuke. So be earnest and repent. Jesus giving them another chance. Rebuke and discipline come in many forms, by the way. There's this guy by the name of C.S. Lewis, one of the greatest minds in the 21st century. And he wrote this in his book, and I quote,
1: Pain insists
0: upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our consciences, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse the deaf world. See, we so don't, don't have, have to get to get the point of pain before we wake up and, and say, Lord, I'm ready to serve you again. Before, before we, can we can even can say, it, I know my priority. I just it's forgot about it. I pray, pray that, that, that we, we will not be put in that kind of, kind of situation. situation. And, then and then in verse 20, he, he said, said, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Very interesting. Now, this has nothing to do with Receiving Receiving Jesus Christ Christ in your heart. It's nothing to do with that. Remember, he's he's talking talking to the the church. church. They have have Jesus Christ Christ in their hearts. But But this this image talks about something else. else. You remember Zacchaeus? Yes? Yes. This This guy guy is a tax tax collector. collector. That's right. He's small, small, but he's wickedly wickedly smart. He knows how to earn. He's a tax collector, which means he earns money by stealing from people people and making Rome rich. That's why he's a social outcast. Nobody Nobody wants wants to be friend of Zacchaeus. Nobody wants to be with him. See, in the culture of the Jews, eating with a person is a sacred thing. You don't just eat with anyone. You don't eat with strangers. You eat with someone who you really love and care for. Eating with the tax collector is not normal. Jesus is always accused. Why do you always eat with tax collectors and prostitutes? Because it's supposed to be sacred. And Jesus is a teacher. He's not supposed to be mingling with shady people. Zacchaeus was a shady guy. He's a tax collector. So when Jesus was on his way to Jericho, he saw Zacchaeus on the tree. He was short. He was up on the tree. He was looking at Jesus. (laughs) Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to stay in your house. I want to hang out. I want to eat with you. Zacchaeus didn't have to pull some strings or to buy off Jesus so that he could come to his house and eat with him and share a meal with him, with him or stay with him. Jesus volunteered himself. Why? Because Jesus is seeking Zacchaeus. Jesus loves him. Jesus never gives up. Imagine it's you. Imagine Jesus is behind your door. And you see the people and you see jesus knocking and saying eric i'm here eric i'm here i'm just speaking in eric but saying i'm here would you say uh i'm busy please come back or would you say i'm scheduled to go on vacation please come back or i'm busy right now we're eating please come back or would you open the door and with excitement welcome jesus dine with him See, this is a choice we have to make and Jesus is saying, you know, I love you I know that you don't want me here because you're busy with your life, but you cannot do that forever Do not forget I'm the reason why you're here. The priority is the kingdom of God You are here for a purpose. You are a lampstand. You are the salt and light of the earth. You cannot just do what you want Do what you please So So when you get get to the the church church in Laodicea, he's at the door. What's funny here is, to the church of Sardis, he said, I will come like a thief you don't expect, nobody knows. To the church in Philadelphia, he said, I'm coming soon. It's very near. But to the church in Laodicea, he said, I'm already at the door knocking and asking you to open the door for me. See, Jesus Christ, if He is really the Lord of all and He said all authority has been given to me on heaven and on earth, what this means is that if Jesus reigns on heaven and on earth, He's not a God from a faraway galaxy out there. It means Jesus is here with us, walking among us, reigning and ruling. Let me point you to chapter 2 verse 1. Here again, To the angel of the church in Ephesus, write the words of him who holds seven stars in his right hand. And what's happening to this guy, Jesus Christ, who walks among the seven golden lampstands? Jesus is with the church. He never left. They just can't see him right now, but he never left. We cannot say, I have plenty of time. I can do whatever I want. Besides, he's not coming back anymore or he's not coming yet. You don't know that. Maybe today He will come. He didn't say any day. But I think in Revelation, it's August 20. Nah, just kidding. There's no day. No day whatsoever. He can come anytime. That's the point. He's coming soon. He's at the door. It will be unfortunate if He comes at the door personally and you're busy. That would be very unfortunate. If He rules the heaven and the earth, That means I will have to live my life like everything is under control. There will be wars and famines and pandemic and deaths and accidents and random whatever. There will be cancellation, there will be BLM, there will be any form of persecution, but it doesn't matter because God is in control. He reigns. I will, which means I will redeem every minute of my life And I will dedicate it to worship Jesus and to follow Him. That means my life will be characterized by purpose. My life will be characterized by priority. There's no more sleeping under the tree like Huataman. I mean, Jesus is calling us, hold on. Now, I don't know about your spiritual journey, about your personal journey. Some churches will be persecuted. Some churches will not be persecuted. Other Christians will have a comfortable life and we can protest. We can be jealous. Other Christians will have nothing. God is dealing us differently. But here's the thing. Revelation 1-3, He said, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of the prophecy and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it for the time is near. The word for us today is that the time is near. Think about it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for giving us this wake-up call. You didn't have to put us in a situation where we will suffer and be persecuted and die just so that we can wake up from our slumber. Father, I pray that as a church in this community, I pray that you you will bring us back to the joy that we have with you, to the zeal that we have with you, to the excitement that we have with you as we walk through this life. We may not be vocal about our faith. We may just meet strangers from time to time, but Father, there are so many ways that we can do it. Allow us, Father, to use our imagination so that we can make our witness alive again. Help us to hold on. In Jesus' name.